Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather, so I give you news and views from a West Texan's biblical point of view. Uh, one you won't find in your mainstream media. So, hey guys, how are you guys doing this evening? Thanks for joining me. Uh, we got some uh, headlines to talk about uh, this evening. <clears throat> oh, goodness, guys. Art, I just want to say... Thank you so much for your words of encouragement and inspiration. Thank you so very much. And uh, and I hope to see you uh, in the rapture. That is so cool. I hope to see you on the way up uh, in the air. I'm going to be looking for you. <laughs> of course, we'll probably look for Jesus Christ. But that would be so cool uh, if we see each other on the way up. So, guys. Ah, we got some a lot of lots of stuff going on in the news today. Iran, Israel war. Uh, it could happen. Uh, it's prophecy to happen. There's gonna be a whole lot of nations uh, coming against Israel, while the rest of the world uh, kind of protests, but they don't really do anything. It's like you know, kind of like the United States is doing now with the whole trans crap going across the country. Yeah, you got some Christians going. Well, you know, but they're not really doing anything. You know. No, they're not boycotting these companies. Yeah, they're not doing anything. I, for one, say we need to boycott these companies. I don't advocate for drinking beer or anything like that. But if you do drink beer, we'll be drinking Bud Light. Or uh, any of these other countries that are shoving this trans crab down everybody's throat. And it's not just Christians who um, don't want this trans garbage shoved down their throats or their kids' throats. No. No, it's not just the Christians, but of course they're going to come after Christians. We'll just talk about that um, here uh, shortly. Uh, but there's a lot of folks that are absolutely just tired of it, beyond tired. And we'll talk about the uh, great exodus, as you could say, uh, leaving these red, uh, everybody's leaving these blue states for red states. And uh, Wayne Allen Root actually wrote an article that you can find at thegatewaypundit.com on that. It's called, uh, Whether You Like It or Not, The National Divorce of America is Happening. And of course, here's the proof, he says. That was on April the 10th, which was yesterday morning he uh, uploaded that article. And it's true, folks. It's talking about crazy, crazy, crazy. He says, I've been talking about a national divorce for two years now, ever since a rigged and stolen 2020 presidential election that he says he predicted would usher in the communist takeover of the USA. Yeah, that's happening. That's been happening. That was happening under Bush. You guys remember Bush Sr. too? No, no, Texas got the largest tax increase at that time in history. <laughs> Uh, of course, we've had a lot more increases in taxes um, since then, but in everything else is taxes, 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 taxes. But anyway, uh, it goes, now everyone's talking about a national divorce. GOP congressman and GOP presidential candidate, sports commentator Jason Whitlock on Tucker Carlson's Fox News show, Rasmussen polling shows 34% of the nation approves of a national divorce, including 47% of the Republican voters. He says he just wrote a book about how to start the conversation with a kind of trial separation. Instead of mommy and daddy divorcing, we could live in a we could live in separate bedrooms under the same roof uh, for the good of the kids. That's my version of playing it safe. He says we start with a simple, easy trial separation. So he's talking about um, um conservative uh, states and liberal 
States. But folks, you can see the quote unquote divorce happening. People are it's called the Great American Relocation. <laughs> oh goodness. And he's uh he says uh, the millionaire Republican. He goes out urge conservatives and Christians to get away from crazy, radical, extreme woke states. He says, in other words, escape from places like New York and California to a red state. It's a free country. You have free will, he says. Vote with your feet. He goes, no one can stop you. Folks, I'm saying you better pack it up, put granny on the back, and uh, don't move to California. Don't move to Beverly Hills. <laughs> you want to move out of Beverly Hills uh, uh, to some other hills, maybe in Alabama Hills. You know, I don't know. Maybe in some Red Hills, you know, Texas. But let me tell you something. If you're coming to Texas... For crying out loud, don't be a liberal and come to Texas. We got enough of them freaks in Austin and Houston and most of Dallas now. Uh, yeah, we don't need any more of you guys. Y'all just stay where you're at. But if you are conservative and Christian, come on down to Texas. We'll gladly take you. Oh, what else is in the news today, folks? I'm telling you what. I have been under the weather for a couple days, and today I'm just not feeling it either. I'll tell you what, I'm just, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the Iran-Israel War. This is by Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, and you can find this at Israel 365 News, guys. If you want to catch it on another website, you can go to prophecynewswatch.org, or I'm sorry, prophecynewswatch.com, and check that out. So, Dr. Mordecai Keeter is a senior lecturer at Bar Ilan University and the vice president of Newsreel. He served for 25 years in the IDF military intelligence, specializing in Syria. Uh, Arab political discourse, Arab mass media, Islamic groups, and Israeli Arabs. He is an expert on the Muslim Brotherhood and other Islamic groups. He is fluent in Hebrew, Arabic, and English, and has debated Muslims on Arab media and Arabic. So on Sunday, Dr. Keeter published an op-ed uh, on the Hebrew language, uh, Mekor Rishon, uh, describing a shocking security situation developing in the region that represents a dire threat to Israel. Dr. Keeter began with a disclaimer. Quote, a note to my readers, he wrote, I hesitated quite a bit debating whether to publish uh, the things that appear below because of the panic they might cause in Israel. However, in the Middle East environment, particularly in Iraq, these things are known and serve as a topic of open discussion among quite a few. So it is impossible for the public in Israel not to be aware of them as well, especially because these things concern Israel, its security and existence much more than they uh, much more than they concern the citizens of Iraq. These things come up occasionally in the Israeli media, so I decided to bring them up here, he says. So a source I have known for years, he says, an expatriate from the Middle East, a supporter of Israel who lives in Europe and is in continuous contact with people in Iran and Iraq, conveyed to me his assessment that Iran is planning to launch a combined attack on Israel in the foreseeable future that will include all the forces at its disposal uh, in the Arab countries. Unquote. Dr. Keeter then detailed uh, what these available Iranian assets were in the region. And I quote, in Lebanon, Hezbollah and Hamas uh, have many thousands of missiles and unmanned aerial uh, vehicles or UAVs, some of them with precision guidance systems, Dr. Keeter wrote. In Syria, 17 combat units or militias stand armed and ready. Liwa Fatimiyan, the Zanbiyan Yun Brigade in the Harakat uh, Al-Nujaba, Hezbollah, and more. I'm not going to 
attempt to pronounce here, but anyway, um, in others, he says, Iran transferred a very large number of missiles and UAVs to Syria, and these are ready to be launched, unquote. Dr. Keeter's predictions seem to be already materializing. On Thursday afternoon, 34 rockets were fired at northern Israel from Lebanon. A lantern in the evening, several mortar shells uh, impacted near the northern town of Metula. The IDF blamed Hamas forces in Lebanon for the attack, but Israeli official sources said it would not have been carried out without Hezbollah's uh, consent. Hamas leaders Ismail Hanya is currently in Lebanon. On Saturday night, six projectiles were launched at Israel from Syrian territory. In Iraq, dozens of militias are armed with missiles uh, and UAVs, Dr. Keeter warned. The U.S. currently has about 2,500 troops in Iraq, which have frequently come under rocket attack by Iranian-backed militia. In Yemen, the Houthis have missiles in long-range UAVs that reach Israel, Dr. Keeter continued. Houthis drones have been used to devastating uh has been used to devastating effect uh, against saudi arabian targets he goes on to say in gaza hamas and the palestinian islamic jihad have missiles capable of disabling the uh, uh, israeli defense forces and air forces bases dr keter wrote it is likely that iran will not send anything from its territory to israel in order not to expose itself to retaliation uh, Dr. Keeter understood these facts in the current context of increasing tensions focused on the Temple Mount. Quote, under the pretext of the duty of the Muslim world to save al Asqa Mosque from Israeli occupation and op- oppression, uh, such as happened four days ago when Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan told his Iranian counterpart Abraham Rassi over the phone that the Islamic world should be united against Israel's oppression of Alaska. Iran will conduct a staged, comprehensive, integrated, and coordinated attack on Israel, Dr. Keter wrote. The first phase will be an aerial attack, uh, including a massive coordinated barrage of missiles and UAVs from the from all of the aforementioned arenas, unquote. Dr. Keter explained that the Iranian strategy is that the stock of interceptors for the Iron Dome will run out within two to three hours of the beginning of the air attack, after which the Israeli skies will be open to further assault. The next phase will focus on the air force, which will be damaged and grounded. The initial area phase will be accompanied by a cyber attack on Israeli infrastructure systems, Dr. Arkita wrote. After a full day of cyber attacks and a raid of missiles and UAVs uh, that will hit air force bases, naval bases, army bases, electricity, computing, communication, uh, road and water infrastructures, the second phase will begin a coordinated ground attack from Lebanon on Syria and Gaza by infantry. Uh, forces mounted on conventional military vehicles as well as dirt bikes in ATVs equipped with anti-tank weapons. They will cross the border and attack the Israeli ground forces in order to reach Jewish settlements as quickly as possible. Unquote. He goes on to say the strategy of the Iranians is that the mobilization of the reserves will take several days uh, and Dr. Keeter suggested they may even be counting on the call-up of the reserves to initially be only partially implemented because of the chaos that will be generated throughout the country due to the attacks, cyber and military. So IDF reinforcements will not arrive in time to the various font or fronts, and therefore the regular forces will collapse within hours in the face of the ground attack, just as happened in the Bar-Liv line in the Golan during the 1973 Yom Kippur War. So, unquote. So, folks, I want to throw in here, um, if we remember correctly, I think God intervened in that war, too. Um, There's no way that Israel should have 
have survived that. There's no way. But they did because God intervened. And God will intervene again during this war because this is the uh, prophesied Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. You guys want want to brush up on that? (laughs) Where you can grab my book. Um, I wrote a book about that. The Remnant Church talks about that as well. Talks a lot about all of that and the culture and everything going on today. Um, But... This, folks, is the prophesied war, and we see the tensions are growing. Oh, my goodness, so tense. You can probably cut a knife. You can just cut the air with a knife over there, I'm sure. And we watch these things from America. We know what's going to happen. We need to be praying for the peace of Israel, which is the return of Jesus Christ, because the only time they're going to have peace over there is when Christ rules and reigns from the throne of David in Jerusalem. So, um, but we will continue this article and he goes, um, the invasion of ground forces from Syria, Lebanon and Gaza will focus on Israeli settlements with the aim of demoralizing the Israeli public and forcing the government to surrender in order to save the lives of the many Israelis who will be captured by the Arab and Iranian militias. The Israeli media and especially the social media groups will increase the panic among the Israel public. Uh, Israeli public, end quote. Uh, it is not clear what role the Iranians ascribe to the Palestinians in the war, Dr. Keter writes. However, it is likely that Hamas and the uh, the Palestinian Authority and the Islamic Jihad will push them to do everything in their power to harm Israelis, the army, the police, and civilians moving on the roads in addition to attacks on settlements and military bases. Hezbollah leader Nassan Nasrali met with Hamas leaders on Friday in Beirut, which many speculate was to co-coordinate or coordinate uh, any a future conflict with Israel. Uh, also, the Iranians expect Arabs in Galilee and the Negev to carry out actions against the IDF in the states such as blocking roads, damaging bridges, spilling oil on roads, blocking intersections, damaging high voltage lines, and attacking Jewish settlements. Because the National Guard is not yet operational, these operations will cause great damage to Israel and its ability to withstand the ground assault. Such an operation will require a minimal price for those carrying out these operations. Folks, you can find that originally published in the Israeli 365 News. Um, guys, a lot of folks are talking about that. James Cadiz is talking about this. Um, there's a lot of pastors, prophecy teachers, and eschatology uh, professors and stuff all talking about this war because this is coming up and it's, it's, it's more, I would say, likely to happen now than ever, than it has ever in the past since Israel has become a nation again. And these things are coordinating, they're coming together, just like the Bible said that they would. And all these nations have aligned just like Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel said in the book of Daniel as well. Um, folks, keep your eye on Israel. And so, um, you know, we look at the, the, the nation of Israel as like the, the, the what is it the hour the hour hands you know and then uh the city of jerusalem is like the second hand and so we pay attention to those things because uh very very important so um what else is happening today so we could throw this in here um as well so celebrating evil satan con sells out with the largest satanic gathering in U.S., so the Satanic Temple presents Satan Con 2023, Boston, April 28th through the 30th, and it's sold out. And you can find this by Michael Snyder at the end of the American Dream, posted on the 1st of April. 
Should we be surprised as our society comes apart at the seams all around us? Satan and Satanism are becoming extremely popular. Videos featuring Satan are getting millions of views on TikTok and YouTube. Millions of Americans are watching shows that feature Satan as a main character on Netflix and other streaming services. And the Satanic Temple has become one of the fastest growing religious organizations that the United States has ever seen. As you will see below, traditional American values are declining at a very rapid pace and it was inevitable that something would fill that void. In fact, it turns out that Satanism's values, quote unquote, uh, correspond almost perfectly with the quote values, unquote, that much of the population has already embraced in this day and age. Once upon a time, uh, most Americans were repulsed by anything that had to do with Satan, but now Satan is eagerly welcomed into homes and hearts all over the nation. Today, Satan has become one of the hottest spiritual figures in America, and that is unlikely to change anytime soon. The following comes from a Newsweek article entitled, quote, Satan is getting hot as hell in American uh, hot as hell in American pop culture, unquote. I did not make that up, folks. That's really in, uh, an article, and that's really the title. And we're going to quote a little bit of it uh, right now. So I quote, uh, there's an exorcist files in which Father Carlos Martins recreates uh, exorcisms and the podcast routinely tops the list of the most popular in the quote spirituality and quote categories on Netflix alone. There are dozens of titles dealing with hellish demons, including Warrior Nun, Devil in Ohio, The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself in Lucifer, in which the ruler of hell runs a piano bar in California. Comedy is also fair game, thus Ted Danson plays a torturous demon who is prone to mistakes in the Netflix series The Good Place. Folks, mm. anyway, back to the article, and it says, on top of everything else, a major convention is coming up. Uh, it is being billed as, quote, the largest satanic gathering in history, end quote, and it is being held in Boston at the end of April. Uh, and this is quoting from the article. This year's event is taking place in Boston, Massachusetts from April 28th through the 30th of this year. And is titled, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but Hexenot in Boston. Otherwise known as Witches Night. Well, there you have it. Um, on the announcement page, the Satanic Temple uh, laments Boston Mayor Will, Will Michelle Wu for her unconstitutional efforts to keep TST um, out of Boston's public spaces and announces that the event will be dedicated to her. Mm. Uh, in return, purchasers are promised a, quote, weekend of blasphemy and remembrance, unquote. Um, in the old days, maybe a few fringe weirdos would get together for something like that. But this year, Saints Con was completely sold out six weeks in advance. And uh, anyway, the Satanic Temple is an uh, or, or organization that runs the conference. It was established in 2012, and it has now and it and it now has more than 700,000 registered members. Uh, quote, founder Douglas Mesner, who goes by Lucien Greaves, declined Newsweek's request for an interview, but the Satanic Temple's website espouses such non-controversial tenets as forgiveness, empathy toward all creatures, and freedom, including the freedom to offend. Uh, its website boasts more than 700,000 registered members. Michael goes on to say that makes the Satanic Temple one of the fastest growing religious organizations in U.S. history. Last year's conference included a presentation on devil's food, abortion as a religious right, and raising children in a Satanic household, end quote. Uh, the organization also has been actively legal, demanding the, quote, right to abortion because members consider a religious uh, ritual, unquote. 
I'm going to interject here. And I know I didn't, I, I, I read some of these articles prior to on an episode way back when. And uh, I talked about that because they do not want the hospital to dispose of uh, the, uh, the aborted fetus. No, no, no. And it's not a fetus, by the way. The aborted baby. The murdered baby. No, no, no. They want the murdered baby back because they want to perform rituals on the aborted baby. Yes, folks, this is satanic, demonic, hellish, wicked. Anyway, makes me sick. I know it makes you guys sick too. But continue with the article. Michael says, one of the organizations core belief is that you are supposed to have complete freedom over your own body. Quote, citing his tenet that one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own, one's own will alone, the satanic temple has filed lawsuits on religious freedom grounds in states that limit abortion, claiming that abortion bans violate the right of an individual, or I'm sorry, involuntarily pregnant woman to engage in a satanic abortion ritual. Folks, I just said this. And I'm going to read that again so that it sinks in so that you guys can understand and uh, realize what in the is going on in our world today god said it would be dark and it would be wicked and uh, they would invent new ways to be wicked this is happening in the united states of america and i'm sure it's happening all over the world but listen closely folks citing its tenant that quote one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone quote the satanic temple has filed lawsuits on religious freedom grounds in states that limit abortion claiming that abortion bans violate the rights of an involuntarily pregnant woman whatever to engage in a satanic abortion ritual folks sacrifice this is satanic sacrifice. This is exactly what this is, and they're trying to legalize it. I'm telling you, I know, wicked. But it turns out that anyone that attends Satan Con must quote have proof of COVID vaccination unquote and must wear a mask and must wear a mask. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Ah, it's tenant. I'm going to go back to their tenant. One's body is an avoidable subject to one's own will alone. <laughs> but you must have your COVID vaccination. Get your booster. Get your booster right here. Get your booster because, you know, Satan wants to kill as many people as he can. So get that booster, baby. <laughs> and wear that mask. Anyway, back to the article. Now, according to the Satanic Temple's website, Satan Con attendees must be 18 or over and have proof of COVID vaccination. Attendees must wear an N95 or the KN95, which is your China mask, um, or disposable surgical mask. Gators, bandanas, and cloth masks will not be allowed. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the mask and vaccine requirement is ironic as their about section states the mission of the satanic temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people reject tyrannical authority advocate practical common sense and justice and be directed by the human conscience to undertake noble pursuits <laughs> so much for being consistent <laughs> anyway he goes on to say michael says of course a lot of their followers simply do not care Many of them have embraced Satanism because it fits what they already believe uh, much more than Christianity does. Sadly, a brand new Wall Street Journal NORC poll shows that traditional American values are in a rapid state of decline. 
quote, uh, do you want the good news or the bad news first? It's all pretty bad, but let's get it over with. The share of Americans who say patriotism and religion are very important to them has fallen sharply, as has the number of Americans who value involvement in their community, hard work, and having children. These revelations come courtesy of a new Wall Street Journal Nork poll, complete with a graph depicting our nation's uh, nosedive. Some nitty-gritty in 1998, 70% of respondents deemed patriotism to be very important. Now that number is 38%. 25 year old 25 years ago, 62% said religion was very important. Now only 39% do. He says he was floored when I first saw those numbers. He said, how have we really fallen that far? Uh, yes, Michael, we have. And, uh, he says, um, in such an environment, it is easy for evil to thrive. In fact, it won't be too long before the number of registered sex offenders in America hits that one million mark. Folks, oh, I'm just saying um, there's probably that. I'm sure there's more than that right now. But registered? No, they haven't been caught yet. But they will keep these teachers... Um, you know, ch- talking to children about you know, perverted gender crap, and there'll be more and more. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so he was going to say, uh, there has always been evil in our society, but today vast multitudes of people are openly celebrating it. For those that wish to revel in the evil that they are doing, Satanism is perfect for them. But what is going to happen to our nation as even more Americans reject Christ and embrace Satan? We are truly in uncharted territory, and we should all be deeply alarmed by the tremendous evil that is rapidly growing around us. This was originally published in the end of the american dream and you can find it there or you can go to prophecynewswatch.com and find it as well this is michael snyder i do like to read his articles um but folks if you want to see uh what is in store for the united states of america just go across the pond and check out the uk and britain and all those nations and uh Switzerland and uh, you remember the Gothard Tunnel that was the most demonic uh, demonic thing I ever saw when they did that ceremony they just openly worship Satan and everything they do over their government and all and so that's heading to uh, America yes it's coming to uh, the United States of America folks I'm telling you Christians you need to get up off the sofa drop the bag of Cheetos Wake up and stand up for our rights. Stand up for Christianity. Stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we have got to, I mean, be the light in this dark, wicked world. That's what we're here for. Otherwise, Christ would have taken us home as soon as we said, Lord Jesus, save me. Boom, we'd have been gone. Poof. But he didn't. He left us here in this world. But what did he tell us? He goes, I'm with you even into the very end. And then what does he say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. So remember that the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's right. Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So greater is he uh, that is in us than he that is in the world. Guys, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Somebody's going to talk about you. Oh my gosh, that Christian, they're going to hate you. What, 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 they're, what, what, what are we afraid of? They're going to kill us. <laughs> Well, let them kill us. What happens? We go to be with Lord Jesus Christ. So what's better than that? The Apostle Paul, is it better for me to die or should I go to the Lord? You know, which, which, you know, whatever. Oh, you know. Yeah, that's a decision, folks. I'm telling you. 
I'm going to look look around the world today. And if there's any doubt in your mind that we are living in the last days, or if there's any doubt in your mind that the Bible is not true, <laughs> all you got to do is turn on the news, turn on the TV, walking down the street. You see uh, homosexuals out everywhere. You see trans, transgendered people. You see all kinds of wickedness everywhere. It's on TV. It's on bumper stickers in cars. They're all walking down sidewalks, movies, TVs, radio. You can't get away podcasts. You can't get away from any of it. Magazines. I haven't looked at a magazine and I don't even know when, but it's everywhere. Everywhere you don't want to be. You know what I mean? It used to be like the Discover card. It's everywhere. Folks, it's time to put your foot down. Hello. Put your foot down and say, look, I'm tired of this garbage in Bud Light. <laughs> what? <laughs> Happened to Bud Light. Oh my goodness. Uh, I can see Bud Light sells just plummeting as, uh, as we speak. Uh, but that's good. I don't care about people who, I mean, I don't care about, not people. I don't care about Budweiser. So if their sales plummet, that's, that's great for us. You know, we could care less about that. Anyway, moving right along, uh, some other stuff to talk about. Jesus is eagerly anticipating an event that will soon come to pass. Are you? This is Tim Moore posted at harbingersdaily.com, posted on the 8th of April. And he says, can you remember anticipating Christmas as a child? I remember looking forward to all the joys of the season with eager expectation on Christmas Eve. My brother and I I could hardly sleep. He goes, I still am one to look forward uh, to the next family gathering or special occasion. He says, I get excited anticipating future blessings, although I've learned better how to appreciate the moment I'm in, too. He says, uh, you may also be looking forward to uh, significant life events like the birth or a marriage of a child or grandchild. He says, a new job, a move or a getaway vacation. But have you ever wondered what Jesus is looking forward to? He says, we know that he has he has eternal fellowship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit and is in need of nothing. Yet, I am convinced that he is eagerly anticipating an event that will soon come to pass. The Jewish wedding. When Jesus was on earth, he frequently taught using parables. Sometimes it was uh, to mask certain revealed truth from those without spiritual discernment, which is Matthew 13, 13. Other times, the parable itself was meant to give a deeper truth with even greater clarity. Jesus spoke in the language of the people he interacted with and used examples from their own uh, life experiences. To the fishermen of Galilee, he called them to be fishers of men. To the people who understood how grain would be sown on the hills of northern Israel, he talked about scattering seed on various kinds of ground. But when it came to a description of the end times, he chose to reference a Jewish wedding to teach important truths. Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13. Throughout Israel, but in Galilee in particular, a wedding was a singularly important event. A man would select a young woman to propose a covenant of marriage. She was under no compulsion and could accept or deny that proposal. If she accepted, she would drink from a cup of wine offered by the betrothed bridegroom. This action on her part sealed the marriage covenant, but the marriage had to await consummation. The groom would return to his father's house to begin enlarging the structure to accommodate his new bride and their eventual family. The bride would return to her own home to await the day when she would be gathered to her groom. 
or gathered to the groom, being careful to maintain her purity in her preparedness. Joseph and Mary were in this stage when Mary was found to be with child, which is why her unexpected pregnancy would have been so scandalous. So as eager as the two young people would have been to be together, they had no control over the timing of their eventual unity. The groom's father uh, was the sole decider authorized to declare the time was right. That could have been based on the son's progress in making preparations, his discernment that the separation would make their hearts grow fonder or any number of considerations but at a moment determined by him alone the father would tell the son go and get your bride the bridegroom cometh the son would blow a shofar alerting the entire town and his bride that he was on his way to collect her his grooms would accompany him and the bride would eagerly await his arrival when the groom finally arrived at the bride's home she would be swept away literally carried aloft by the groomsmen back to the groom's home and play in the place he had prepared for her this was called flying the bride of course the attendants and family and friends would be welcomed into the groom's home to celebrate in a marvelous wedding feast and the bride and the groom who had loved and longed for each other for many weeks or months would have finally consummate their marriage jesus knew that his listeners would understand the inerrant joy in a jewish wedding every man who had been a groom and every woman who had been a bride recognized the significance of that joyous moment and every young maiden who had served as another bride's attendant discerned the importance of being ready to join the procession. Teachers of Bible prophecy have long recognized the symbolism in Jesus' reference to the Jewish wedding in his teachings. He is the bridegroom who has proposed a covenant relationship. His bride is the church, those who have accepted his proposal and are betrothed to him. From the moment that covenant is made, our groom is committed to us, and we are set apart made holy for him by him revelation 19 7 through 8 but just like a jewish groom jesus has returned to his father's house to prepare a place for us john 14 1 through 4 at some point in human history god the father will say to the son go and get your bride and when he does jesus will not tarry any longer he will gather the angels of heaven as his attendants and emerge from heaven to collect his bride the dead in christ church age saints who have already passed will rise from the grave to meet him in the air and then we who are alive will also be caught up changed in the twinkling of an eye to join them all who are in christ will fly away to the father's house to be unified with christ as the bible says and so shall we all and so we shall always be with the lord that is first thessalonians uh chapter 4 verses 6 through 17 after a period of judgment of our works to determine special rewards we will celebrate the marriage supper uh, of the lamb rejoicing over our union with our bridegroom meanwhile those left behind on earth will find that lawlessness multiplies exponentially during the tribulation after the church is removed a god's eye view Ever since becoming a pilot, he says, I've marveled at the way your perspective changes when you leave the surface of the earth. He says, we live largely two-dimensional lives, moving to and fro, left and right throughout the day. We orient by cardinal directions on the compass, north, south, east, and west. As a result, our field of view is inherently limited, he says. But when you soar in the air, you're able to see much further than you ever could on the ground, he says. Whereas a motorist may not know that around the next bend, a traffic jam awaits a pilot can see the highway for miles and miles or many miles in both directions 
pilots call this elevated and enhanced perspective a bird's eye view or a God's eye view. No disrespect is meant to the contrary. It is an affirmation that only God alone can see with absolute clarity beyond every horizon that limits our human vision. With that in mind, it is appropriate to consider at times the flow of events surrounding the end times from the Lord's perspective. So again, relative to the rapture, what is Jesus looking forward to? Most of us look at the rapture from the perspective of the bride. That is a fitting viewpoint because those of us who have already put our faith in Jesus are in the church that is the bride of Christ. We can reflect on all the promises made to us and look forward to the arrival of the bridegroom, something scripture actually commands us to do. But Jesus is the bridegroom, and although he is seated at the right hand of God the Father and has need of nothing to be complete in his perfection, I believe that he is eager to collect his bride. He is patiently submissive to the Father, but like any earthly groom, he is filled with anticipation as he awaits. He knows the joys that await his bride and is eager to welcome her to the place he has prepared. He is excited about the marriage feast where the marriage covenant will be celebrated and he simply longs to be united with those who are his forevermore. How about you? If you can accept that Jesus is excited about collecting his bride and awaits his father's command with eager anticipation, my only question is this. Are you? Are you excited about being with Jesus? Do you eagerly await the trumpet that will sound or will announce his approach? Are you joyfully serious about maintaining your purity, preparing yourself and staying alert and ready to be with him? I pray that you are, he says, and I agree. I I also hope that if you've realized the joy that awaits us as believers, you'll share that good news with others. It's been said that every bride glows with inner beauty as her wedding day approaches. The joyous anticipation radiates out of her for all to see. And he goes on to say, as we await our glorious bridegroom, let's capture that sense of anticipation and joy. May our love for Jesus fill our hearts to overflowing and radiate out of us every hour of every day. We have this promise. He says, soon, very soon, the father will say to the son, go and get your bride. Amen and amen. We are looking forward to that day. Uh, that article is by Tim Moore, who's now over uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries. You can find that article at harbingersdaily.com. And so, uh, yes, folks, I say it every time I end this program. Maranatha, I always say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Please take us home. We are in this world or we are not of this world. The Bible tells us they said if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate us too. Uh, the world, our lives are filled with trials and tribulations, the Bible says. But be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world. And uh, victory is his, which means victory is ours because we are his. Um, we are heirs of Christ. Folks, I want you to get excited. I want you guys to know that Jesus is coming to take us home. But when? Nobody knows. Only God the Father knows. I love that when people say they can put a time stamp on it. Well, Jesus is going to come today. He's going to come on the blah, blah, blah. Well, nobody knows. Only God the Father knows. Remember the Bible tells us that even the Son of Man, the angels don't know. Even Jesus himself don't know. But only God the Father knows. And that's amazing to me. That is amazing. And, I, you know, 
I like to see I can just think of Jesus up there. You know, you know how you are when you get like a really good gift for somebody. And you can't wait to give it to them. You know, like I remember when I was little, I get mom me a present. I can't wait to give my mom my present. Like whatever, you know, and you get all excited. I can just imagine Jesus being filled with anticipation because he's gone to prepare a place for us. John 14 tells us that. He says, uh, in my father's house are many mansions or some of them say, um, some translations say are many rooms. You know, in my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And uh, there we will always be with the Lord. And so we know the way because he's told us the way. He is the way, right? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. So if you don't have Christ, you don't have the Father. Uh, we look at the world today, so many false religions, so many fake, blasphemous, apostate religions. Of course, we know right out that Muslim is wrong. We know that is false. We know that is a false religion. We know all these things. We know Buddhism is a false religion. We know all this, right? But then you got to look at the apostate churches, folks. Those are false religions as well. False teachers, false preachers. And, uh, you know, they subtly snuck in, you know, like the Bible says, they snuck in uh, subtly. You know, Satan doesn't come right out and tell you he's Satan, right? He does. He's no. Otherwise, you wouldn't be deceived. You know, but no, no, he's very subtle, very deceiving, slick, like a little slick car salesman. He's very slick. So be on the lookout. And um, always, always, always when a pastor says something or if you're watching them and you get a feeling like that doesn't sound right. Well, it's probably the Holy Spirit telling you that's not right. Um, I don't have to tell you the Joel Osteen's of the world, the Kenneth Copeland's, you know, the blatant false teachers and pastors. I don't have to tell you about that. Any woman pastor is false. You can take that right to the bank. <laughs> uh, so you've got the uh, what's her name? I can see her face. Uh, Joyce Meyer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, who else do we got? Oh, what's her face? It was real huge uh, with the Baptist church. I knew I had a problem with her. She just drives me up the wall. Oh, my gosh. So anybody that uh, you can right off the bat, you can tell Paula White, all these folks, you can just discount them. They are false. Um, I got a book, by the way. Let me reach over here and pick it up for you guys. It is Doreen Virtue. I talk about her infrequently on here. But if you're a new ager and you're somehow stumbled upon this program and you're still listening, God bless you, number one. Uh, number two, if you're wanting to claw your way out of the new age, uh, enlightenment, garbage, spirituality. Yeah, um, Doreen Virtue is Deceived No More, she says. She's got a book, Deceived No More. Uh, you guys can check that out if you want to. I'm reading it just to gain some some insight. And another one is Melissa Daltrey. Uh, she's on YouTube. She has a fantastic um, channel, Apologetics channel. And she was a New Ager as well. And uh, those are two fantastic resources if you're wanting to come out of the, um, if you're wanting to come out of the, uh, the, the uh, new age sorry it's <laughs> about to fall out of my chair here um yeah so anyway um those two are fantastic i do want to quote some scripture tonight um because that's what we're all here for um art absolutely love you i love how you end everything so we're gonna quote that because that's what he likes to send me and i absolutely love that philippians 1 6 tells us for i am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of christ jesus oh that just fills my heart with joy i tell you what oh thank you art 
I love hearing from you. I tell you what, you just make my day. All of y'all make my day when y'all send me some emails. I love it. But let's quote some scripture to end with. So, especially for healing, Jesus Christ is our great physician. He's our great physician. Um, If you are a believer in Christ, then know that. Know he is our great physician. And uh, not only can he heal you physically, mentally, and spiritually. So, I love that. I just love him. I love Jesus and I love what he's done for us. And he is so gracious, so gracious. And we are, I'm just so humbled because we are so, so wicked. And yet he loves us. I just, oh, I just can't believe it. I just tell you what, I just love, love it, love it. So I, the Lord, am your healer. That is Exodus 15, 26. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. That's Second Kings Uh, Chapter 20, verse 5. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That is Psalm 34, 18 and 19. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. That's Psalm 107, verse 19 and 20. The Lord uh, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their womb. That is Psalm 147, verses 2 and 3. He was pierced through for our transgressions. Um, you guys know this one. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Uh, that is Isaiah 53 and 5. I will heal them. I will lead him and restore and uh, restore comfort to him creating the praise of the lips peace peace to him who is far and to him who is near says the lord and i will heal him it's isaiah 57 verses 18 and 19 i will restore to you sorry about that i will restore you to health and i will heal you of your wounds declares the lord that is jeremiah 30 verse 17 and this is my favorite one Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. That is John fourteen twenty seven. That's Jesus telling us that. So with that, guys, I want to end with some scripture. And uh, may we all, all be looking. Oh my gosh, we need to be looking for the great appearing of our great God and Savior, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, that glorious appearing, folks, that is what we're looking for. I thought about moving my bed over so that I could look out the window. <laughs> uh, it just gives me comfort, and I do look for the Lord. I look for him any moment. Things are getting so dark and so bleak and so wicked uh, that I don't think it'll be long. Of course, I mean, if the Lord tarries, it could be 100 years from now. I mean, I don't know, but I just... I just think it's it's going to be soon. But that that's the that's the joy that we have. Even the Apostle Paul thought Christ was going to come back in his time. Imminent is imminent. So anyway, guys, get excited. And with that, I'm going to get out of here. Really? I'm going to get out of here? We're going to do it one time. I'm going to do the three times Texas thing. We're going to get off tonight right now, you guys. Okay. So with that, guys, I'm going to get out of here. So get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you and Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And uh, may he just bless you and just provide for you. And just give you guidance. May his word give you guidance. May his Holy Spirit give us all guidance and wisdom. And I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you guys so much for listening. 